Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today, we're taking some time to talk about the power of pause. And this came up for me recently in my everyday life. I was in a conversation with somebody. We were going round and round talking about a lot of stuff, but we weren't really getting anywhere. And I just happened to stop. I just happened to use some of my contemplative techniques that I've learned. And I was sitting there and I was actively engaged, but more trying to reflect on their preciousness, look at them and see beauty and see goodness. And in the midst of that, there was this very obvious shift in the room where the person just opened up, the conversation ended up going in another direction and it worked, right? After a lot of it not working, just this pause really helped it to work. And it caused me to remember again how powerful pause can be. And so I wanted to bring it here for all of us to chat about. Do you resonate with this? What's your experience been? I definitely resonate with the power of pause. I think back recently, you said that there was a shift in the room. And I myself have observed incidents where someone asked me a question and I can give an answer off the top of my head. But if I want to go down a little bit further and give a little bit deeper of an answer that would lead to a deeper conversation, I actually have to pause. I have to reflect longer. And so I totally appreciate your story and I relate to the power of the pause. I think for me, I'm taking a little bit of a different angle into this conversation. And again, I appreciate you both naming pause as it relates to other people. For me, I think this was highlighted during the pandemic and so many of us were on Zoom and the nature of Zoom is that you can go from one Zoom meeting to the next to the next, right? These back-to-back -back Zoom calls where maybe in real life you have to drive somewhere. There's a different sense of how you're managing your time. And so I found myself really needing to have a pause in between these different Zoom calls and intentionally creating that cushion, whether it was walking around the block or intentionally like maybe getting up and doing a yoga stretch for a few minutes or lighting a candle, grabbing a cup of tea, something where there was a distinct ending of one thing before beginning the next thing, rather than one thing after the next, after the next. And I don't think that that's unique just to the pandemic and Zoom. I think in general, in our Western culture, it can be really easy to like our days lead together with this big run on sentence without those pauses. So I think that's my way into the conversation is what does it look like internally as a person to be one who pauses? That is also a really good point. And I think you're right. It's definitely true for me that I would just go, 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 because I, I actually think that that's helping me get things done faster, right? There's this thing in me that says this is true, but it's not, right? I, you get worn down and you're not good. You're not fresh. And maybe in the same way that there's a pause in a conversation and there's a shift in the room, interestingly enough. It reminded me when all of that happened, I had just watched... It was a very brief, it was like a seven minute YouTube video, this woman, Diane Millis. And she was talking about these three questions that people can use when they're in the middle of, should I say something? Should I not? Should I move forward? It's, it's like a discerning moment, right? And this one was conversation, but I'm sure that you could translate it. But the first question was, is it true? Whatever it is, do I need this? Secondly, is it necessary? 
And then thirdly, is it kind? So if I'm going to say something, if I'm going to move forward in a dialogue, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And just walking through each of those before making a decision, like having that little pause for discernment. Have you guys heard of that before? Is that is that new or is that old? We were talking before we started the podcast, just catching up a little bit. And I think there was this one thing that was said, don't speak unless you can improve upon the silence and talking about the value of, of quiet and silence. And I think that's a great point. If you're going to speak and improve upon the silence. And I think pausing helps you to do that. And so I love those three questions that you asked. Is it true? Is it necessary? And is it kind? I really love that as a way into a conversation or moving into a question. I think I also think of we move from, you're talking about this a little bit, Christina Roberts, we move from place to place or arena to arena or Zoom call to Zoom call or a Zoom meeting to an in-person meeting. And I find I need to transition. I need to pause to be able to leave behind what, what I was engaging in earlier to move into the next arena. And I think what it does for me is it brings my awareness of what I'm about to partake of, my awareness of the person, my awareness of their connectedness to to all that their their arenas of life, my connectedness to them and their arenas of life. And it just helps me become more aware and connected. So that's what the pause does for me. And Chris, to your point, I think there are multiple names for this idea that we're talking about today. In Benedictine spirituality, they use the word statio, which is one of their practices, which translates to sacred pause. And even in a retreat setting where one's not rushed going to meetings, we practice statio, where we just maybe experience Lexio Divina together. And so we're going to take a statio to really like take that in to not rush to the next thing. But it's like, that was a beautiful experience that we just shared. Can we take a few deep breaths to really savor that particular piece of the day before going into the next thing. So I think even in slower environments that that's an important piece as well. Selah in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, the psalmist would have this word Selah, which was this pause in the music. I'm imagining too, letting the vibration of the notes do its thing before going on to the next piece of the music. And there's something about, again, taking that in to a deeper level. I think some of our modern language of transitions. And years ago, I remember coaching a couple of different working mothers and they were describing the stressful transition when they came home from work and the nanny or the babysitter was leaving in those moments. And so thinking through together, how do we make that transition smoother or leaving for the day or bedtime? There's these kind of key transitional moments with young children where that's where the stress tends to come, the reaction, the anger, the frustration. And so are there some things that we can do in those transitions where it's a special book or we do one, two, three, these particular steps to us out the door that creates a sense of calm. So I think this idea, whether it's in modern business terms or songs, Benedictine spirituality really speaks to this human need for us to do that. Yeah. Almost like a little ritual that helps us get through it, which in, in a way, Statio, I guess is probably ritual. And I have felt once you start in with this kind of a thing, it's really hard not to want it. It's like there's this craving. So I started attending services that I'm not putting on myself recently, right? So I'm not in charge. It's just like, it's happening to me. And sometimes 
there are these pauses offered, but they're so fast. And I just get started in the pause and we're already on again because I think we're so afraid that others will be uncomfortable that we don't leave all that time. We don't want to make anybody feel weird. So we just keep going. But once you have a few things that you do with that time, you say, oh no, I didn't even get started. Then I often stay back and I stay in my pause while the rest of the group goes forward. But otherwise I don't know what's happened. It's like what you're saying. I need a moment to savor the text or what's been said or whatever has come up. I mean, I think even something as simple as a meal too, right? Are we scarfing down our food or are we really taking in? I was reading somewhere that after I think the second bite or something, we don't take in the taste buds, if you will. And so even just taking a Stazio, of, wow, this is a really delicious, whatever that was just prepared and allowing yourself to really enjoy that for the pleasure sake of it. And then going into the nourishment, like my body actually needs to finish this because I need energy right now, but really taking those savoring moments seems important. It's funny that you say, we don't want anybody to feel weird. I think that's exactly what needs to happen. And for me, I am very appreciative of those that used silence or pause as a way to make me feel uncomfortable with my emotions. I think that's what silence does. We want to feel the silence with white noise, fluff, whatever. And I think it keeps us from delving into the interior in a way that would cause us to to grow and to become deeper, a deepening to happen. And so we wouldn't want anybody to feel weird. I find that to be hilarious because that's exactly what needs to happen. We need to feel uncomfortable with ourselves. And we need to ask the question, why do I feel uncomfortable? Why was that so disconcerting to me? Yeah. And I think my thoughts don't even really quite go that fast, you know? So when... When there's a pause offered, like someone asks a question, there's a pause. If I know that I can really think about it, I'll definitely have more to say than if I feel rushed. Like, oh, you just need to sit. Then I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's, that's basically true because I haven't had any time to go in, to go below the surface, to analyze any of that. But there, there's much more, as you say, that's it's below the surface. But I don't know. I feel like I have a thick surface. I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> to get deep, to find it. I appreciate what we're naming as far as contemplative spaces, contemplative practices, conversations. I'm even thinking though, too, of one of my kids, when she was little, we would have to sit through all the credits at the end of the movie because she wanted to see who was the costume designer and the makeup artist and whatever. She just, the list of names. And even before she could read all the names. And so we would be sitting there beyond when everybody else had left the theater or you would be getting up and turning off the DVD. And so now that's a practice that we do. It's, it's caught on to our other two kids. And for me too, it's this appreciation about like, wow, we just watched this beautiful film together, animated, whatever it was. And all of these people, hundreds of names help to put this thing together. And so to your point, Christina, these rituals that we create where we really savor not just the art that we just experienced, but all the behind the scenes things that otherwise I never did that before. This child brought that to my attention. And so I, I really appreciate too, sometimes again, that taking it to a deeper level, whether it's getting in touch with our emotions or discomfort there, or even just, I had this wonderful experience and I want to take it to the next level of gratitude and appreciation for what I just experienced on a richer level. That's a really wonderful example because I had a friend who worked in movies and so we learned it for a different reason. It was like, this is my actual blood, sweat and tears that's in this. And so there was always this wait after the show 
to watch all the credits. It was like this respect experience and it did make people really uncomfortable. People were often like, let's go, it's time. We're like, they're up, they're ready. It was almost like this stubborn sit where we would wait for all of those credits. But it did teach us something and the music that plays, it allows you to keep processing, especially you, a movie's a great example because there's often a lot of emotions that have run through you. And I'll often process a movie like a couple days after I've watched it, still thinking through the characters, still being a part of it. So it allows you to do a little bit of that, to capture and take something with you. So it's a really poignant example. And I'll just say as a parent, the power of pause has really helped me because, you know, anybody who, who has children that come and ask them a thousand times a day, can I have this? Can I do this? And I think it's important to say, you know what, their decisions, what it is that they're doing, they're asking me about it. And do I want to just give them this uh, a surface a- answer? It could be either if you're a no person, which I happen to be as a parent, I'm the no parent or a yes parent, whatever you happen to be. It really gets you in touch with, okay, what what is this that they're asking me? So I find the power of pause very important in decisions, particularly helping other people make decisions for themselves. And then I'm not such a bad guy because I'm if I'm pausing, I'm saying yes more. I like that example. When I was a teenager, my dad would I would ask him something and he, he would always say, let me sleep on it and I'll tell you in the morning. And if it was a bigger thing, let me sleep on it two nights. And I've really adopted that slower pace of decision making. And as a, you know, as a teen, it would frustrate me because I wanted to know if I could do the thing on Friday night. But he would always say that. And my favorite text now, like my kid will text me, can I do blah, 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 IDK. And she says, okay, I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get home. IDK. So I that's my new text statio. I so appreciate that because I have not thought about this need for pause, but it's true. It's an, it's true in parenting. It's true in relationships in general, that often I will feel differently if I it's true at work. Like anytime there's something where it, it's unexpected, it's gonna take time or energy, I'm probably gonna need a minute to really process. And decide, like, does my body have this? Can I say yes to this? Can I not? So that it's a poignant example. It spans many, many arenas. Thank you guys for chatting about the power of pause. Hopefully it will be inspiring on an ongoing way for all of us. And now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. I am into parchment paper, and this is like a delightful thing. So years ago, I I was a personal chef and my kids had a little business. And so I bought, I don't even know, online or something, this like massive bulk amount of parchment paper that one could not possibly use. And literally, it was probably about nine years ago that I ordered this. And we just finished our last parchment paper last week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have any parchment paper. And so again, just pausing to realize this is so great for cleanup on your pans when you do sheet pan dinners or pizza or baking. And so I went to Costco yesterday and bought not as much massive amounts, like not nine years worth, but two rolls of parchment paper and just really grateful for whoever created this. It doesn't burn. It's easy cleanup. Yay for parchment paper. I appreciate parchment paper as well. Being the pizza and dough guy, it's so much easier cleanup. So I I 
I say yes to parchment paper. I think the thing that I'm into though, is we're participating as a community, Foundry Spiritual Center in this thing called Photovember. And I have real, I, I, I deleted social media off my phone and I've been away from it from, for years. And I will say my life is, is, is so much richer because I, I don't really engage in social, social media all that much, but it is fun to take this concentrated time. And I've been able to post a, a few photos that Photovember is about awe. And I've been able to really resonate with quite a few photos that have been posted. So I am into Photovember. Woohoo! I, you know what I'm into, and I haven't even gotten it yet, but I saw it, and now I can't stop thinking about it. When I was a kid, my grandparents would often have sponge candy. It's like I don't know. It's it's like a hard texture, but it's sponges and it's covered in chocolate, which is so much fun. And I I have not bought it for years. I don't even know if it's like gluten-free, which has to be part of my story or if I would have to make it. But it's like the season for candy making. And I want to find my way into making candy of some sort, whether or not it is sponge candy. I have yet to know, but I saw it and now I've got the bug. Thank you so much for being with us. We will look forward to being with you again soon. Bye, everybody. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.